Recorded during the Plague Year 2020, this is the Andromeda Minute. Each week we get together to talk about the all-too-timely 1971 Robert Wise-directed techno-thriller The Andromeda Strain, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I am Tierney Steele, also known as One Steele's sister in, in internet and Patreon parlance. <laughs> <laughs> That's where people find you. So you're out yes. there on the internet, and uh, and we're back. We're we're out in the desert of uh, Flat Rock County, Nevada, with uh, Charlie and Ruth having a having a grand old time on a go on a goat path. Uh. <laughs> this is and gonna the, sound. I ran into this a lot with Mash, where I would say, "Oh, this reminds me so much of," and then I would feel bad because I felt like I was insulting them. But man, does this road take me back to the dirt road that leads to my summer camp. <laughs> <laughs> it's not in the desert it's in the woods but when she her face just like what putting in the potholes and I'm like, <laughs> yeah i felt that i felt that yeah. in my spine <laughs> wham wham you know it's like you're gonna need a front end alignment when you get back from this one and ah uh, gosh it's uh and it's such i i i admire whoever did the location shooting on this this is exactly like like i had pictured it from the book and mm-hmm. it, it's it's really amazing. I mean, you, you said before uh, on a previous episode how much you can't tell whether you it was from the book that you were reading or from the movie because this movie tracks so well with the book. Um, uh, it's it it feels it feels just like the book. I mean, when you're reading the book, this is kind of mm-hmm. how I imagined it. Um, I love Crichton's writing. I yeah. was a total junkie. I Jurassic Jurassic Park and Drama Strain, and my favorite was Fear. Those were in the highest rotation, but I also, I read Disclosure, Airframe, like, I was all over it. If it had his yeah. name on it, I was going to read it. Did you read Terminal Man? Uh, I don't remember that one. Uh, but okay. Ter- yeah, De- good movie, it- too, with George, George Siegel. It was, uh, it was, a, it was immediately after Andromeda Strain had come out, back in the, back in the early 70s, and okay. it's basically about a guy who's a, uh, he's a psychopath. And they put a, a brain, uh, they put like uh, electrodes in that a computer control would control. And it would, every time he was going into a psychotic rage that he was going to try and kill somebody, it would give him uh, pleasure. It, it, would, it, it, would, it would enter the pleasure centers and supposedly stop him. But what would happen is, is because he, was, he kept getting pleasurable responses to having psychotic rages, it taught his brain to be a constant state of being a, psych, a psychopath. And then, you know, they, they've created a murderer from this uh, machine. Yeah, so I should have specified every single one of these books was inherited from my dad or grandfather. And uh, I bet that one was specifically not passed on to the 11-year-old girl. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, there's part of me that wants to argue, like, it shouldn't make a difference. But I guarantee you that they were like, you know what? She doesn't need to read this. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when they realized I found Disclosure, and they're like, do you like this book? And I'm like, not really as much as the others. Uh, I, um, what, what was, the, what yeah. was the, 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 the one where they, they have the time machine that sends it back to, like, medieval times, and there's a – is it Timescape? Time – I can't remember. Oh God, I don't remember the name of it. I only it read was, that one it, the once. So yeah, yeah, great movie. Nice, uh, nicely done movie. Did you read Coma? Coma was another good one. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. But like I said, I, I, it was you know they're all mass market paperbacks. You yeah. can't even read the titles on the spine. They're so destroyed. <laughs> I actually picked up because I was like, I'm gonna reread Sphere. It's been a while, and I opened it up, and it's 1987. The cover is starting to come away from those first few pages 
And right on the inside cover, I didn't even realize, is my Star Wars book plate. May the force be with you. This book belongs to Tierney Eastiel. Aww. So I, I would like to thank this project for that, if nothing else. <laughs> like, I've enjoyed listening to the episodes, but also that was a real moment for me when I opened it up. And I'm like, oh, yeah, because I didn't put book plates in all my books, but only the ones that I was like, no, this is mine. Someone borrows yeah. this. It's coming did, back. <laughs> when you open the cover, did you have, like, the map room music from uh, Indiana Jones? Ah, nah, nah. <laughs> Look, it's my book plate. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Yeah, I. it just took me right back. And I thought of Sphere in this conversation when they're talking, when she's complaining about, like, why did they pick Hall and all that? Because so much of that book is figuring out the team and the team, like, yeah. analyzing each other. And so that's the part that I always got super into. Yeah, it, it's kind of like a, a modified heist movie. You know, you got to get the team together. And, yeah. and it's all assembling the team and, and washing off the team. It seems three quarters of this movie is just, you know, here's the team and we got to clean them off now. Uh, and everyone like, has their different job and like what each person brings. But then, oh, yeah. no, this person didn't do this. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like um, some some weird version of Power Rangers. You know, they, they should form form some giant uh, bacterium or something. I don't know. Um, I would like to read Michael Crichton's Spice Girls. I'm just throwing that out into the universe. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know what it would be like, but that combination of words popped into my head, and now I need it. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. I would I would totally watch that movie. I'd buy their album. Oh, wow. But, yes, this, is uh. a, this, is, this minute is a perfect example of I always – quote the um the line from madonna's vogue with things and people never know what i'm talking about but kate reed gives good face in this yes minute. she does like, <laughs> she does she's dismayed at the cost and then when he says that's your last cigarette her incredulation at what he just said yeah 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 she looks like i'd say something but this is a g-rated movie it's <laughs> 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 so it's so good. And I know people who who were smokers who were like that. That I, I would absolutely believe it. <laughs> yeah, he should give you that, that Death Star gaze. Just, <laughs> Yep. I do like the way that uh, apparently Charlie Dutton knows the way there. And, you know, turn off the dirt road onto the dirt road. It's um, so weird because she makes fun of him. She's like, you're lost. And he's like, no, I'm not. Like, he's just, again, he's so calm. Everything's yeah. fine. Nothing ever goes wrong around him. Dr. Charles Dutton, apparently. Yeah, no, no, he, you know, it's it's like when he, you know, Grandpa, they, there's men outside, and they've got guns, and he's like, oh, really? <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> yeah, no Although, worries. That's another thing that makes me think of camp, where it's just like, once you've done it a few times, you're like, oh, yeah, no, I know where I'm going. I can go pick up yeah. the person. <laughs> now, ours was from a uh, Peter Pan bus stop, not an airstrip, oh, okay. <laughs> but same idea. Yeah, they're right down the road. It's okay. Next to the archery camp. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, but, and that would have yeah, been the same thing where it's like, you're just turning off onto another unmarked road. That Are you sure you know where you're going? You're like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry. I've been here 24 hours. I know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I watched them build the thing. You know, there were these gigantic uh, you know, uh, bulldozers and stuff coming out here to dig a big hole that was uh, 300 uh. feet deep. Uh, so he must have he must have watched it all happen in the past few years. I, w- I wonder how many, you know, I like... Wonder. Yeah, like what he knows the way, and did the other thing that's puzzling me, and this will this will come up in a later minute when he gets up to the doing all the uh, uh, the password stuff with the guy at the front desk. But mm-hmm. did he? I mean, th- she said in the last minute, she said, "I wish they had sent a a licensed driver to come and you know pick me up." So he was at he apparently got there first at the wildfire center, 
and then he took the car out to pick her up at the airstrip and then he's driving her back from the airstrip to this place so shouldn't they know who he is there by the time he gets back or do they have That's to do that the same point of the code <laughs> uh... all right by the time this comes out, hopefully it isn't spoiling anything. And if you're watching the current season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you would know to be worried about this. Because <laughs> there are aliens who can steal faces through time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, um, it, this is also, what, what hits me about this is it's a lot like the opening of, uh, if you ever saw the 1968 Irwin Allen uh, television show, The Time Tunnel with James Darren and Robert Colbert. The opening episode, they were going there. They have a time. The, the premise of the time tunnel is that they have a gigantic time machine out in the middle of the Nevada desert. It's and it's it's like a thousand feet below uh, below the surface, and it's this gigantic tunnel where you can get sent back to different places in time. And the opening scene of that is a car driving in the desert. They, they, these, these guys get off of a they, they get out of a Learjet and they climb into this Lincoln Continental and they're driving along in the desert and all of a sudden this uh, this ramp opens up in the middle of the dirt and and the car goes down the ramp into the dirt and disappears and that's that's what this felt like this felt like the opening of the time tunnel I'll see I, if I've seen that clip I I yeah. don't think I've ever seen like the episode I certainly uh. didn't watch the show but I. Oh, yes, you've got as to, you're you, describing you, that, I can see it perfectly. Like, it must yeah. have been. Yeah, you've, you've got to watch that show because it was, uh, Time Tunnel is, Time Tunnel was Irwin Allen figuring out how to use a whole bunch of stock footage that was left over at MGM, <laughs> and, or 20th Century Fox. And um, and they, they, you know, oh, look, we've gone back to Roman times. Look at the stock shot of uh, Roman legions. <laughs> oh, look at the, you know, we're back in the Western days. Oh, look at these, you know, cowboys and Indians chasing each other in an old 1940s movie. Um, but it was, it was, it, the, and it was so cheap they sent the, the two guys that get sent back in time. They never changed clothes for the entire <laughs> two seasons of the show. Uh, James Darren always had on a green turtleneck and uh, Robert Colbert always had a, uh, a tweed suit on and it never, you know, it's just <laughs> great money saving devices. But you know, anyway, that's, that's a different show. This is a different, that was a different decade. Um, but I do like he, he, uh, he turns and then uh, he notices, he, he points to a, a sign that says that they're, the security of wildfire starts here, and it's a little a little sign that says "Keep off uh, Federal Ordinance 6817," which is hilarious. Which, I I don't know how to pronounce the composer's name, but he is also oh, crushing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jill Melly. He's uh he's got that whole ding ding. It's it's all it's that so computerized good. sound. It's so creepy. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're you're in trouble now. It's very alien. Very. It has a it has a very X Files feel to it, doesn't it? Mm. Just just uh and and like. And they don't show anything, but you feel like there's, you know, there's guys with sniper rifles laying down in the dirt on either side of them. And if they make one wrong move, they're just going to, you know, shoot them out, shoot them out of the Plymouth Valiant. You just, Um, you know that, like, there's nothing except this base for, well, they say hundreds of miles. We know that's not quite true. But there's just something about empty desert and that music that is so menacing. Yeah, that yeah. it just no, is the perfect introduction to this space. And like, there's no place to hide. If something happened, you're out there in the desert, and there's nobody around to help you. And you're just, you know, except for the guy eating the sandwich behind the fence, you're 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 all by yourself. That's. Um, I will give it up for. I did not see this coming. The movie Thelma and Louise, hmm. and its portrayal of the American West <laughs> blew me away. 
Oh, okay. Because they're driving out, and there are scenes where, like, they just stop the car, and Susan Sarandon is, like, standing at the very edge of the headlights, looking out at the empty desert, and when they're driving along, like, you'll see uh, Gina Davis, like, from her POV, what she's looking at out the window, and she's talking about, like, I finally feel free. Like, it's just... Yeah. I, I, that movie was not what I was expecting, but it was so much better, and it was a part of the country that I really don't know that much about, other than the stereotypes that you see in movies all the time. Yeah. And it was beautiful. It's just beautifully shot. And oh, it was, yeah, yeah. It was so good and so, like, it just really went right in where it was like, I need to, like, go out there and see this place. Like, this looks amazing. Um, yeah. Oh, it, yeah, it, it, yeah. And it, it, this is, it really does have that, that sweeping feel. I, one of the, uh, one of my big feelings about the West when I, you know, I live, I live out West, but, but, you know, even further, even further out West than from where I'm at, uh, I was driving, my son had bought a car in Tennessee and, um, I had just finished, uh, I was working in, I was working in Boston, uh, and I just finished doing a contract down in downtown and he called me up. He said, you're not doing anything next week. I'm like, well, I just finished up this job. He goes, uh, he goes, I just bought a car in Nashville. Would you mind driving? I can't leave work, but would you mind driving it to Oregon? And I was like, I was like, I don't think people, people ask, people really ask their parents to do this. But anyway, uh, I said, yeah, I have nothing to do. He goes, just go pick up a, so I picked up a car for him in Nashville and I drove it to Portland, Oregon. Wow. And as I was going out, I drove through um, one place I always wanted to go, and I never had a chance to go is uh, Promontory Point, Utah, where the uh, where the East met the West, and the Transcontinental Railroad, the, the Golden Spike, was driven. Mm. And and so this was this was very far in the off season. It was like in January. There was no snow on the ground, but it was ice cold. But the uh, the National Park Service was is opened up, you know, th- every day but Christmas, I think. And so I went up to uh, the Promontory Point Golden Golden Spike National Historic Park. And I drove up to the visitor center and I was the only one there except for the park ranger. And when I pulled up, I got out of the car and I slammed the car door and I heard the door slam and it echoed off to the hills in the distance, <laughs> kind of like the, the ones that we see here. Uh-huh. And no, there was no other sound. There wasn't even wind. It was just mm-hmm. like wump. And it was like being on the moon. And I was like, I am way out west. This, and that that was like the most western thing I'd ever experienced. But I, I I feel that when I look when I look at these pictures, I didn't have the the, the Gilmelli, uh the music that, yeah. that was playing, but I could have. Um, but yeah, that, that's what it feels like. It's so big and so there's so much emptiness out there, and it's a it's a nice kind of empty. But this is yeah, you know, but this yeah, is this intimidating empty on purpose. Yeah, on purpose. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I will um, and, say the only things I know about cross country road trips are horror stories from my friend who now runs the summer camp I grew up going to. (laughs) He and his brother drove across the country and they had their car break down at 3 a.m. on a dirt road in Wyoming. And they like looked at each other and like, I guess this is how we die. Like there's no way (laughs) this is going to end well. We are miles from no, like, Cells aren't working, everything that is a nightmare. And obviously he survived. And then the other thing uh, that was a different thing was his, one of his brothers had been in a car accident, had a traumatic brain injury. He was going to a special rehab in Kansas, from Connecticut. 
he can't fly because of everything. So, and he had to be transported being able to lie down in a van. Oh, wow. So Patrick and his dad drove him out there from Connecticut to Kansas. Wow. Straight, like taking turns driving. And they had a little, like they had the TV set up. But the, one of the only tapes they had was Castaway, and Patrick has this memory of trying to stay awake at like 4 a.m. But the only thing they have to help them stay awake is Castaway, which is not help. Like oh, just no. these huge swaths of no sound. Yeah. <laughs> Other well, than like you know a wave uh. <laughs> and Tom Hanks breathing. <laughs> So yeah, he uh, he he was like an older brother to me growing up, and he did not sell me on um, the magic of a cross country road trip because he had all these horror stories. But wow. but he's also seen a lot of stuff that I haven't. That I I was like, okay, you know this this is pretty cool. And of course, you mentioned the hills, and of all I can think of is Mash. Like Mash oh, yeah, is yeah. just right on the other side of them. Thar Hills, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the Malibu Hills. Yeah, they're out. <laughs> Out there, out there, north of LA. And, Look, I uh, see this brown. I see that shape. I just assume Klinger is going to show up eventually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The. Uh, yeah. I, I, it. it there's the mountains are different. My my wife is from Massachusetts, and mm-hmm. the only mountains she's ever seen were like North Adams, and they. Yeah. You know, to her, those were mountains. But then when I took her out, when I took her out west, and you see like Mount Hood, and it's covered with snow, or you know, and you see like like clouds are banging against the mountains out there or, or you, I, I, I get altitude sickness. And so I have mm. to take, I have to take pills when I, when I start getting North of about 4,000 feet, um, I'll, I'll, I, I take this pill so I don't, I don't wind up with migraines. And my wife said, I've never been someplace that you're so high that you have to take pills yeah. for. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's a whole, di- well, uh, you went to, uh, you went to the movies by minutes in Denver, right? Uh, I was not, but my ah. uncle lives in Denver, and when I went there, I didn't get altitude sickness. I had the thing where I fell asleep. Oh, okay. Like, we went up into the, we went out to the Air Force Academy, and, like, oh, the entire yeah. drive back, I was just out. <laughs> <laughs> just just flat out anoxia, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but infamously, I, I was at the movies by minutes in Portland, and I was ready for Mount Hood that time because I had been out to Portland a few years before. Yeah. With my husband, we were visiting just to see. Just we'd never been out there. I happened to be training for a half marathon, so I had to do a ten mile run. And Ooh. what I did was along the Willamette River, I would run down one side, run across a bridge, run up the other side, run across a bridge, and I did that loop like four times. I want to say it was a ten point two five mile run. Oh. I remember it exactly. Oh. I did that whole run. You know, multiple, a couple hours I'm out there. I go back. I shower. The next day, we're walking along to breakfast. I look up. I'd been running under Mount Hood. Like, I just looked up, and I'm like, giant mountain. <laughs> ah! The entire time, I just never looked up to my right. <laughs> uh, oh, that mountain. Yeah. That, oh, uh. that mountain. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was, like, cloudy when I was walking towards it, and I just didn't notice, but Chris could not believe I had done this huge run, and I just never noticed that there was a giant <laughs> mountain next to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, if they painted it orange or something, it kind of blends in with the sky after a while. <laughs> I am... I am apparently not observant. <laughs> I would have been fooled by this station. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. If, if the yeah, police they're, needed they're to, farming yeah, stuff, it, it, that looks fine. <laughs> yeah, yes. The detectives call you and say, "Could you describe the mountain, ma'am?" Um, 
I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> I didn't really notice it. <laughs> wow. Uh, but uh, this is. Uh, but yeah, these are. I mean, I'm assuming. I'm assuming this is this is the end of the Big Bend. This is down, you know, in so, in southern te- southwestern Texas, but it's, it's standing in for Nevada, and Nevada has has it's mostly mountain. There's some mountainous stuff in the in the corner that that this is in, so it's not too bad. I just the thing that bothers me with this minute, and we'll talk about this more next week. But uh, the thing that bothers me the most about this agricultural station is they said that the when we were back with the PowerPoint demonstration. Uh, in the previous minute about how, you know, uh, the nearest town is 112 miles. Well, there's, there's a couple of cars parked there. So where are they commuting 220 miles every day to get to their jobs? I don't, I don't understand. Well, that's oh. something you probably shouldn't pick at. I, uh, yeah. Cause I assumed they were, you know, up where the little guard guy is that you're about to meet. And I, yeah, did too. I mean, do they yeah. do they live in that little bunkhouse? By the way, that's a that's a really cute house, isn't it? It's just I'd love to if I had a house yeah. and as a wraparound porch and everything. I just it needs. That's what it, I was thinking like that, and you just called it a bunkhouse. Like that's how I was kind of thinking of it, and like a few people there, and they kind of rotate out. Because yeah, he, spoiler, he's gonna say like no, it, it functions. It's a whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a regular regular they're, little they're ranger station. Soil, so yeah, yeah, but I mean, it should have like those you know Cracker Barrel um, rocking chairs on the front porch or something. I think that's what it's missing. <laughs> that would have been even um, better. Yes, I guess they that wasn't in the government budget. They could build the nuclear weapons, but they forgot the uh, the Cracker Barrel things. Ugh, um, uh, it's always something, right? Yeah, Hill well, Kissinger have... is going to be so upset. Yeah, uh, grr. Anyway, just just another thing for uh, for Ruth Levitt to be. Uh, uh, angry about. Yeah, um, there you go. She could have sat so. in that rocking chair and had a cigarette and been yeah, happy. yeah, just <laughs> just stubbed it out on the porch and headed in. Like, yep. well, might as well get back to the germs. Uh, <laughs> now, but, do you stand on ceremony when it comes to spoilers? Uh, no, I mean, I'm assuming that people people listening to this show, the, the basic assumption that I'm taking, and you know, if 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 you don't feel like spoilers, don't listen anymore because we're talking about more of the movie. I I just. It is a huge spoiler for Andromeda itself, but you have to understand the joy that my family took in that we watched this movie on Friday night, and on Saturday, I had to buy liquid aminos in the grocery store for some cooking I was doing. Wow. And they literally, Chris just looked at me, he's like, I'm sorry, you need what now? (laughs) Do you know what we just watched last night? What do you mean you need liquid aminos? And I was like... (laughs) That's that's what the recipe says I need. I swear I'm not like conducting weird experiments in our basement. No. Just yeah, just don't pour it into petri dishes and you'll be fine. It's it's okay. Uh, but yeah, um it yeah, but it, it's I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, this these were pretty good minutes that you were in and uh oh, I, yes. I know there's, you know, there's there's no dead monkeys or anything like that or people There's no getting... there's no dead monkeys, there's no dead people. I this is one of the weird things that I found of the things that bother you watching stuff as a parent that didn't used to bother you. Yes. And the yeah. the town scene, some of that was a little like, oh God, I'm so glad I don't have to like look too closely at this. Yeah. It's yeah. really, it's one of those things like never would have thought about it as like a single 20 whatever or something. Yeah. But yeah. But as a mommy, it's a whole different thing. It's, it's a like... whole different thing. Yeah, you have to sort through. Are they gonna? Is this gonna keep my kids up for a week? Am I gonna have to pay for therapy? Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and then I had to reassure because Chris looked very nervous about the baby, and I'm like, "Don't worry, I read the book. It's 
fine. Yeah, the, baby, <laughs> the baby's fine. The baby just cries a lot. Yeah. The baby, the baby cries even when there's even when his mouth is closed. It keeps crying. It's just... He's a magic <laughs> baby. What can I tell yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> just he cries through his ears or something. Uh, but uh, yeah, no. This this you 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 lucked out with a relatively bloodless. Um, Yes. There was, yeah, there was, I mean, there was smoking. The only was, casualty uh, was Robertson's ego. <laughs> yes, yes. Poor Robbie. And and that, that smashed uh, that smashed Havana in his coat pocket. <laughs> he's he's going he's gonna to go home tonight. He'll be hanging up all of his clothes. And, you know, he probably has a neat little coat rack. And he, he's putting his coat up. And he's like, oh, this stupid thing that Grimes gave me. When, you know, oh, he just kind of looks at put it on top of his dresser and just harumph at it. Yeah. And, his wife uh, is like, what the heck? Why are yeah, you mad yeah. at a cigar? Yeah, he's probably got, you know, he's probably got the black socks with garters that go up to his knees. Oh, got it. Oh, well, oh, that's what I was going to say. Do you think he has one of those little valet chairs with, like, yes. the hanger and the shape and the yes, back? Yes, yes, so the big, the big heavy wooden one. Yep, yeah. yep. He absolutely yeah, and, has one of those. And he's got the black floor shimes that have the, it. you take the you take your shoes off and then you put them on it and then you make the twist so that it, it like, expands a little bit so it doesn't crush your shoe. He mm. probably has those. And, <laughs> yeah, and he probably wears garters on his big black socks and he's wearing striped boxers and i'm saying a uh let me see i don't know what kind of i think he wears like an a an a shirt one of the you know the the wife beaters i think they call them you know that oh, okay. you're not supposed to anymore but yeah, <laughs> yeah he probably wears like a like 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 robert de niro in the godfather those yeah. kind of shirts saying um, white tank top doesn't have the same connotation <laughs> no kind of, no no it's also no. not quite as iconic <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and he probably wears. I, I think he wears a uh, solid color PJs to bed. He probably has. I uh, probably has a selection of PJs. Solid That's, color, uh, but with white piping. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, and pearl button. Not pearl buttons, but oversized pearl buttons that he can button with one hand. <laughs> <sighs> oh God, that's another thing from the '60s. He, and you know, he has like his last cigarette that he's still smoking as he gets into bed, and then he has the ashtray next to the bed to put out this. Yeah, last, like, yeah, he stubs oh. it out. <coughs> And, and, and then once a week he has to he has to empty it out because it's just full of butts. Mm. <sighs> it's so gross. <sighs> that was the sixties. That's 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 why we're not in the sixties anymore. It's just like, I know. <laughs> it used to drive my mom nuts because my dad was one of nine children, and both his parents and all nine children smoked when she started hanging out with that family and eventually married <laughs> into it. And then a bunch so, of them married other smokers, and she was like, "I can't." Like every family gathering is a nightmare. <laughs> There's like a cloud ceiling about three feet off the ceiling that this big black cloud floating yeah. about. Yeah, it's, it's getting uh, better with time, but yeah, yeah, it was. I I couldn't uh, even imagine like twenty smokers at a Christmas party wow. indoors, well, of course. <laughs> uh, my my dad used to smoke Lucky Strike cigarettes, but we went to the we went to the New York World's Fair, and I was like five years old. And we went to the American Lung Association had a, or the American Cancer Society had this display of what happens to your lungs when you smoke. And it was all like diseased mm. lungs. And I was looking at that. I'm like, you gotta stop smoking. And my dad, my dad wound up like hiding in the bathroom smoking. And then he looked in the mirror one day. He's like, I'm hiding from a five-year-old. So he just quit. He quit cold turkey. Wow. And uh, it was like, he was, he didn't have one for 50 years. It was amazing. Yeah. But uh, no, it was yeah. Amazing. It, yeah. When I was born, we lived in the uh, duplex with my grandparents and my dad and my grandfather's uh, my mom's father smoked and when she got pregnant I there were a lot of nurses in the family and they said no one's allowed to smoke in the house anymore and so right. they could smoke outside and then in the winter they could smoke in the basement essentially because <laughs> like, again Connecticut so yeah you don't you don't want to catch cold yeah you, you can go outside 
or in the basement. And those are the only places. So it was a lot less. And yeah, my grandfather, he, well, that grandfather ended up quitting. And then my dad would quit and then go back and quit and then go back. But yeah, I did the same thing. I think I was seven when I would like find the pack in his jacket and try and hide it somewhere in the house so he couldn't (laughs) smoke it. And it was like, yeah, whenever, whenever the health classes started kicking in with that. Yeah, yeah. Fake that's, lungs. I, rem- I remember yeah. hiding his cigarettes from it. Yeah, once, once the kids start getting annoying, that's when they start to stop. That's when they stop smoking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Too much trouble. Ah, yeah. Wow. But uh, that's a great time back then. It's, I mean, it's a great, great thing to look back on with relief. <laughs> As you're watching, like, thank God we don't have to deal with. Um, I mean, we still have people smoking. All you have to do is just go to a casino somewhere. But well, I don't know anybody. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to be able to go back to casinos. But it's that seems a... to be the last bastion of it. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot less. It's a lot less. And you know what? Someday, hopefully, we'll look back on all this with the same. I, actually, I I was just talking to someone. Like I said, I have a kid, and I was like, guys. I'm not looking at this virus as if it's like the flu. I'm looking at it as if it's like polio before there was the vaccine. Yeah. Like, what did parents do to protect their kids before there was the Salk vaccine? That's what I'm going to do for my kid. Like, I don't care what the statistics say, blah, blah, blah. Like, I have masks. That's fine. (laughs) But I was like, I'm starting to get the pressure of like, oh, our adorable kid. Why don't you want him to come play in our pool? And I'm like, well, (laughs) because there's a global pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Ask me. Ask me when there's a vaccine, and we'll then we'll talk. Yeah. <laughs> right now, eh. yeah. No, it's an interesting time, and I'm sure that people will be lo- people will be looking back at this generation. You know, there'll be movies made. There'll be way. You know, there's going to be way too many movies made about this year. <laughs> it's just going to be oh, not another one of these plague movies. But you know, <laughs> 20 years from now, people are going look. Everybody was wearing a mask. Everybody was. Gosh, they didn't even know what was going to happen. They didn't know. You know, they didn't know when the vaccine was going to be here. They didn't know if there yeah. was going to be a vaccine. So it's, yeah, it's interesting to, it'll be interesting to see what movies come out in the following year uh, as, as we're doing all this. But uh, I'm sure they're working on them now. <laughs> and hopefully it won't look something like the Andromeda's train. At least, at least nobody's getting their eyes picked out by uh, vultures out in the middle of, that we know of. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll take it. That's good. That's an improvement. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a plus. Wow. Uh, well, Tierney, thank you so much for being on the show. It's always great having you on, and uh, we may have you back on before this before the show is over. <laughs> Depends on how many people I can get to come on and be be a guest. But you're a good there trooper you go. on this stuff. No, this so. is great. And like I said, I, as soon as I started watching it, I know I've seen some of it, but I was like, I don't know that I've ever sat down and watched this movie. So thank you because that was a lovely way to spend an evening, and it brought us so much amusement the next time we went to the grocery store. <laughs> I'm so I'm so glad, and for a G-rated movie full of blood and guts and naked people, <laughs> <laughs> and sass. Don't forget the sass. <laughs> yes, yes, lots of sass. Go Ruth. I'm on Team Ruth all the way through this thing. Oh, 100. He's my hero. Ah, uh, awesome stuff. Wow. Well, listen. Uh, good luck with uh, with your future uh, uh, podcast coming coming up with uh, League of Their Own and, and stuff. Come, you know, more more to come. But uh, again, let people know just so they don't miss where they can find you on the big internet. Uh, on the big internet, the best place to find me is a website that I put together to gather everything in one place. You are welcome, and so is my brain. It's onesteelsister.com, O-N-E-S-T-E-E-L-E-S-I-S-T-E-R. It has links to everything. Um, not by the time you're hearing this, but maybe by the time this podcast is over, there's a vaccine. I don't know, but I'm actually going to be publishing my first book. 
So if you think my stories about camp are funny, keep an eye out. I'm actually, I've written a young adult series on girls who grew up going to the same summer camp and how that changes as you start getting older. Wow. Oh, that's fun. Wow. I'm looking forward to that. And if if you're listening to this in the distant future, go find the book because it's out there, I'm sure. So yeah. uh, go go check go check out the series. Um, so anyway, we'll be back here next week with more uh, alfalfa growing. I guess is the thing that's going on here. But we'll 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 be back and uh, how seventies? So, so yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> or if you're into little rascals, how thirties? Um, it just very odd uh, what they're why they're growing things in the middle. Well, we know why they're growing things in the middle of the desert. But uh, anyway, uh, in the meantime, join us next week. But. Uh, until then, please, all over the weekend, practice carefully. You can wash your hands and uh, keep six feet apart from everybody, and uh, hopefully we'll get through this together uh, safely and quickly. Please, please let it end quickly. But uh, we will see you here next time, next week, on the Andromeda Minute. Very flattering. We don't know much more than when we got here.